peace everybody welcome back to another episode of behold pop culture the show where we take a look at some prominent people figures and events in pop culture today and in the past and try and see what lessons we could take away from them the date of this recording is may the 9th and i hope that everyone has enjoyed this past week i know for many it's been hectic for students especially people preparing for exams and things of that nature. But on the day of this recording being released, I hope that everyone was able to come off of a great Mother's Day to celebrate all the motherhood that has contributed to countless people's lives. So out of respect for many people whose time might be limited in this week in particular, I'll try to keep this episode on the shorter side with most of the emphasis this week being on the sports and music news hitting the timeline. So we'll jump right in where, in the basketball world, we're here. It is playoff time. The playing tournament will be ready to go as soon as you hear the next episode, as on May 18th, the teams that are hovering in the bottom four positions in the corresponding conferences will be facing off for a position in the NBA playoffs this year. This is particularly including a potential matchup between LeBron James and Steph Curry, as the sliding Lakers may have to face off against the Warriors in the play-in tournament. But regardless of who makes it out, there is a ton of fun matchups on the way. Whether it's the Phoenix Suns having the chance to prove whether or not they're a legit contender, or the Milwaukee Bucks who at this current moment have now developed a reputation for being a team that is phenomenal in the regular season, but easy to scheme against in the playoffs. There are a ton of narratives, I would argue more than several years in recent history, that are going to make these playoffs very entertaining to watch. That is assuming, of course, that everyone can stay healthy, everyone brings their all, and each team truly feels that they deserve to be in that spot at the end of it all, hoisting up the NBA championship trophy. This inspired Russell Westbrook, for example, to go on an absolute tear to close out the year. As the Washington Wizards hang by a thread, but that thread is being carried by Westbrook. This has included him over the past week passing Oscar Robertson, the big O, to be the player who holds the record for the most triple doubles in NBA history, which is not at all surprising considering he's at this point in his career known for being a triple double machine, but much credit is due for him doing something that may not ever be broken for the rest of time. That triple double record requires a lot of grit, a lot of tenacity, in addition to even landing on a team that will be willing to put you in position to put up those stats. 20 rebounds from a point guard, 20 assists even in this time. Westbrook is finally getting his flowers for giving it his all, and whether or not the Wizards end up actually being a contender, which I would dare to say will err on the side of no, they probably will lose. It's still worth noting how great his achievements truly are, and the fact that he's been able to some extent manage his health through all of this is an accomplishment in and of itself. On the flip side, a man who was the shining gold standard for health 
and maintaining greatness throughout his career, LeBron James has at this point proven his body might not be what it once was as he had just came back from an ankle injury, specifically a high ankle sprain, and he now has re-aggravated that injury. What this now means is the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that many people, especially in the media, had picked to win it all, is now a 7-8 seed in the conference on their way to the play-in tournament while having very few reps as of recent with their two best players, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Now, we all know that LeBron James has this mystical aura around him in the playoffs where he just ramps things up and pretty often looks like the best player we've ever seen. But coming off of these back-to-back injuries, there is a lot of reason for concern as to whether or not he will be able to become playoff LeBron next week. The entire basketball world will be keeping their eye on that as that team, as well as the Nets, who have barely gotten any reps with their big three, are going to be big narrative boosts for the NBA. As aside from the superstardom alone, people will just be curious if they will be able to prove that talent is more important than team schematic design. The Nets will be a big stepping stone point for the NBA with regards to inspiring the next generation of general managers and understanding what is the best way to construct a team. The approach to the end of the season is, as always, accompanied by MVP talks, as the other awards seem to be relatively locked, aside from the Rookie of the Year being tight between LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards, primarily due to the fact that LaMelo Ball got injured, The MVP was the big talk all throughout the year as a lot of people went up and down in the ladder, but with all the injuries that took place, this is LeBron James at one point being in the conversation, Durant, Embiid, all of these different people, it now seems that as the dust finally settles, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets, the game-changing center one of the best handles for a big man we've ever seen, some of the best passing ability for a player we've ever seen, just a transcendent talent, looks like he will be the one coming away with the victory at the end of it all. I won't lock that in as we have to wait till the NBA media decides, but it seems that the general sentiment, and mine as well, is that Jokic will be the first center since Shaq to win the NBA MVP. So congratulations in advance if that ends up being the case. But that is the storyline that is dominating the NBA now. The only other timeline grabbing news was the boxing match between Canelo and Saunders, which Canelo, who is currently regarded as the best pound-for-pound boxer in the game, was actually being given a pretty good fight by his opponent, the underdog in Billy Joel Saunders. Billy Joel Saunders, someone who stuck to the game plan that he had touted all throughout the media of staying active with his hands and trying to keep Canelo on his toes by being so agile and mobile. He was actually, in many people's eyes, winning the fight for a better part of this contest. But in the end, Canelo's absolutely tremendous poise, his patience, alongside his devastating knockout power, 
led him to deliver a pretty significant uppercut that would cause his opponent's eye to completely shut and effectively end the match in a TKO. Unfortunately for many boxing fans, what actually ended up dominating the boxing news over the weekend would be something that was completely outside of the ring, which is YouTuber, Pokemon card collector, podcaster, Logan Paul had his face-off with Floyd Mayweather, who many people regard to be one of the greatest boxers of all time, the man who holds one of the most impenetrable defenses in the history of boxing. In their face-off, Logan Paul's brother Jake would come and taunt Floyd Mayweather, leading to him grabbing Floyd Mayweather's hat and taking off running, as if to say, I got your hat, what are you going to do about it? This led to an entire fiasco that took place, an altercation of sorts as Floyd and his team would go after Jake Paul and his. It seemed that a punch or two was landed on Jake, but the whole thing was not much more than a spectacle. And regardless of what boxing purists may or may not believe, some are on the side of this completely is against the sport. It doesn't support what takes place in the artistry that is the art of boxing. It, without a doubt, garnered much more attention than that face-off would have gotten otherwise and further has boosted what the ratings will be for the upcoming Floyd Mayweather fight. And with that being said, the sports side of things can be retired as we proceed to the music section with what I will argue was the busiest week of music of this year so far, at least for the mainstream. As there were about four major singles that released that were taking over, that revived attention for these artists. But I have to start with the one that garnered the most attention, which didn't even begin with the single being released. And that was major hip-hop artist J. Cole announcing that he would be releasing his new album, The Off-Season, On May 14th, this upcoming week, this, as expected, dominated the talk within especially hip-hop, but music in general, as this is one of the biggest mainstream artists out right now, someone who demands the upper echelon of numbers with regards to listens, streams, all the usual metrics that measure whether or not you're a big artist. So in the announcement of this new album, The Offseason, a lot of his core fan base got excited for it, as well as some people on the outside who were just demanding a major project to release this year. Many of these people are the ones still waiting for Certified Loverboy by Drake, which was reported to have supposed to have been released in January, and we are now five months into 2021. I know that Drake suffered an injury while he was playing basketball, but from my perspective, I'm not sure that it should have prohibited his vocal ability to this extent to where if the album was close to being finished, it would require a five-month delay. And while I don't want to divert the attention from J. Cole because it's clearly his week as this will be his album release, it seems like Drake, more likely than not, is focusing on taking over the summer. So we'll see if they clash with release dates. But as of this moment, J. Cole has it. It seems like nothing will deter this album from being released this Friday. And what would follow that was his decision to 
released a single this weekend. J. Cole released a single interlude, which, as the name suggests, was simply an interlude. Not sure where it will be placed on the album, but it had the sound of a pause in an album. And with the interlude, we got a very short verse for him, but a very memorable one. As this might be his best single, not that he does this frequently, but in terms of garnering much more attention and anticipation for the album, it more than got the job done. It was a standout single in his discography of singles. And surely if he comes with similar energy, similar passion for rapping, and now what seems to be a potentially expanded sound with some production that we haven't heard him much previously on, he might be ready to deliver an objectively classic album to add to his discography. So I'm sure that many hip-hop fans like myself will be on the lookout And of course, when that comes out, I'll be back with my opinion on that. But there were about three other singles that I wanted to just make note of. The first of which is Artist Little Tekka, someone who is not regarded as being one of the more prevalent artists in the industry, but is mainstream for having one of the biggest songs over the past couple of years, Ransom, one that would allow him to perform at many different festival stages simply off the strength of that, despite having what some believe to be a disappointing project. But as of recent, he had a resurgence in his career as a producer now, primarily producing for other artists and their tracks. But he released his first single here called Never Left and impressed many of his fans, as well as people on the outside looking in, as his production seems to have taken a significant step forward. And if he's teasing an album... I anticipate that it might do better numbers than he's ever done before. In a little bit different of a narrative, Isaiah Rashad, the TDE artist who was pretty popular about four to five years ago when he was coming up, kind of on the backs of TDE being boosted by Kendrick and SZA releasing classic projects, he had developed a pretty loyal fan base, but seemed to have gone into hiding not unlike his fellow stars and Kendrick and SZA. But he released his first single in a long time and revealed that he had been battling addiction and all types of temptations that prevented him from focusing as much as he wanted to. So he appropriately released this single as a point of signification of progress in his own personal life. While this single I don't believe will be a chart topper, or even be one of his more memorable songs at that. It meant something to him, and sometimes you have to just respect when an artist does something for themselves. It's a point of recognition for everyone who sees it. Sometimes you need to be able to pat yourself on the back, clap for yourself, and be your own biggest fan. And that was what I took away from this new single from Isaiah Rashad. But the last single was one that people did not have a clue would even come out. It was a song that had previously leaked and already gained its own loyal fan base for the song alone. And this is the song Miss the Rage by Trippy Red and Playboy Cardi. This is a song that had leaked more than a while before and many people had discussions about whether or not the artist would even be able to release it. Typically when something is leaked like that, the odds of an artist releasing that track is significantly reduced. 
mostly because the streams that they would have gotten is already being had. Many people would have downloaded the song already, may already have decided where they wanted to stream it, and the ceiling on the song pretty much vanishes as soon as it's leaked, at least if there's a big audience that knows about the leak. But with all that counting against them, they figured out what they needed to do, cleaned up the song a little bit, and released Mr. Rage, and it performed relatively well, about teetering on a million views on YouTube in a day, getting its appropriate set of streams. And if you have not heard just the beat to this song, it is one of the most memorable beats I might have ever heard in my life. And that is the general sentiment of the music community out, that this beat alone, regardless of how trippy or Cardi performed, was standout. So Mr. Rage will be more known for the production than the performances, but still, that beat is so memorable that it will carry the song onward. And with that, the only major news that took place was the discussion around the Dogecoin, a highly controversial cryptocurrency that I will not at all advise for or against investing in, absolutely exploded again. This is a coin that at the top of the year was worth less than a cent and has now been hovering up to around 75 cents. A lot of the actual values movement has been tied to Elon Musk having his discussions on it. He went on SNL and had his own monologue, was in some of the skits, and just reported that he plans to fund a spaceship totally by Dogecoin and call it Doge One if I read his tweet correctly. The next week will be pretty interesting to watch to see how this cryptocurrency boom of sorts and its entry to the pop culture continues to affect the wavering values of each one. But with that being said, we can conclude. As I thank you for listening to this episode, I appreciate you taking the time out. I hope that the week has been going well for you. I hope that Mother's Day went smoothly. I'll be right back here next week. And as always, let me know any improvements that I can make to make this listening experience as great as it can be. Again, thank you for your time, and I'll talk to you next week. This is Behold Pop Culture.